children to, you know, my mentor early on, he would, I didn't understand this the first time he said it, and then I got it. I still say it. But if there's adults standing and there's children, that the children can only be as tall as they are. We can bring ourselves down to their level. And he would say, there are too many trees in this room. Which is pretty profound. Yeah. You know, he, he was a, I, he, I value him so deeply. Hello everyone and welcome Pamela Green. Hello, thanks for inviting me. Great to be with you. I'm so glad, I'm so happy for you to be here. Uh, Pamela is joining us from Pennsylvania in the US and Pamela is a Montessori educator and consultant through her company called Ananda Montessori. That's right, which is a, it's a place where parents come to attend class with their child. So it's a place where parents are, I call it a living uh, practice of Montessori or a living practice of the study of the child and of themselves. Mm. And uh, what, what led you into doing this? What brought you here? You know, when I, uh, what led me into it was um, the year 1981. I was just very briefly, I'll, I'll say this, I was in college and we, you know, in, in theory and um, the theory of education class I was in, there was just a little bit about Montessori, little paragraph, but our teacher, the place where he took his students to visit of all the schools that he could go to, uh, was a Montessori school. And so I went to, this, to that place in 1981 and it was the school that I later became head of and worked at till 2013. Oh, wow. But what, what I'll say about that is I um, entering there you know how there's this feeling when you, something is, it's almost, I think of it, I feel it as an initiation, almost into a process that I was coming into that was being um, a prepared environment that was just for the child. And it, uh, where there was such respect and there was such, um, wonder and grace and aliveness, all these things that I had been really searching for in education and I hadn't found it yet. And I, after that visit, I went to my advisor and I just said, um, cause I was in elementary education and I said, I, I'm not, I'm going to change my major and I, I, studied creative writing for the rest of my time. And then uh, shortly after that, started teaching in Montessori in 1984. And then this kind of went on from there. 
but it was a very similar feeling to when I first became uh, entered into birth work with the um, I my one of my dear friends was pregnant, and so I met midwives at that point, and one of them it was uh, over thirty five years ago close to 40 years ago, I met this midwife who is now my midwife partner. And we uh, attend home births. But it was uh, a similar feeling in those two things. So it was, what, what brought me into it was me finding something that I've been looking for in my understanding of the child from the time that I was young even mm. that's how I can say it I guess I feel like there's a I'm speaking for myself and for many people who I've talked to who work in the childcare uh, sector I feel like um, for, for me I felt like something was missing um, when I was a child I felt like I wasn't seen or heard um, so when I discovered, for me, the first point of contact with respectful care was through Rye, uh, through mm -hmm. a Rye-inspired daycare centre. Um, and that particular place actually changed my path as well. I was, I was uh, studying to be a child psychologist. Um, mm -hmm. And this, this centre uh, showed me how inc incredible relationship can be with infants and toddlers and and how the environment was set up and the interactions between the teachers and the child was just so beautiful to watch um, and it just switched from there and I just took a took a different path yeah mm -hmm. through your many years of experience how many how many years have you been involved I mean really I I think of it since 1981 Okay, so it's, it's all, I don't even want to say how long. <laughs> it's been over 30 years. Yeah. Uh, same, same thing with attending births. It's been since 99. The first birth I attended was in 1986. Oh, wow. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I just did. worked it out in my head. It's 40 years. Yeah, I know. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's... Uh, so half of my, when I turned 60 this year, I realized that half of my life I've been, uh, it's, I've been working or serving as a Montessori. Or, you know, I don't like to limit it to Montessori because for me, her understanding and her intention was to see the child and to also see ourselves in deep ways and it's about relationship mm. so yes that, um it's not limited to Montessori it is a universal uh, possibility that people who don't know you know the pedagogy or of any any um educational model can be living that you know mm. um, 
I realized that I've been for 30 years on, on this path with birth and with Montessori. So I, when I attend births, it's uh, as a Montessorian and it's very, ah, yes, I'm a Montessorian birth keeper. I've, so I, I, those things I, I discovered early on that was actually Maria Montessori's intention with the assistance to infancy is that she had the women teaching childbirth education and then they attended the birth and then they went to the home and they lived in the home for a month. So basically were postpartum doula. And then that same person, when the child uh, entered the casa or the two and a half to five-year-old environment, that same person was there to welcome them. Oh, so wow. How? I didn't know that. I know. I was, I was head of school in this big school that I, I was head of for all those years. And I was just one day in my office reading these old journals, you know, and um, I came across this article and I read that and it was like, that's what I'm, that's what I do. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> that's amazing. It is, it, you know, she, so when, when I attend birth with my partner and it's very similar, you know, with Rye, especially I, I'm not trained in that, but I've taken some courses and things, um, but the, even before taking them, the way that I am with my infants at Ananda, the way that we are at birth, the way that we are prenatally with the infant, with the unborn child is, um, holds many aspects of um, Magda Gerber and I mean Hickler mm. on how we are talking to this whole personality and after birth um, interacting in those ways mm. because it's I was um, for this recent conference I was talking about this, you know, and really I contemplate this every time at a birth I'm at to think that if I'm, if I happen to be the person that is the first one to touch the baby <clears throat> as they're coming, to have hands that are soft, to have hands that are receptive, to have hands that are welcoming, to have hands that are gentle and that are receiving in a way that is um, in relationship with that being that's coming. Yes. Very quickly that we speak with our words and we speak uh, with um, in unspoken ways which are heard more loudly than anything. Mm -hmm. And so I like to think of parenting and I like, and I uh, like to think of 
being with children and being with parents and being in, in my life as a practice. So I have a, a friend in Australia mm-hmm. who has a, a gorgeous little boy and she wanted to put her son specifically in a Montessori center um, because she's heard wonderful things about it. And when she went, she, her gut feeling was that this was not right. And the center looked like a Montessori center, had low shelving, et cetera. Um, but the relationship didn't seem respectful. It didn't seem like the child uh, was seen and heard and that relationship wasn't there. Um, and she was told her son was um, transitioning and um, she was told by the teacher to leave after 10 minutes because her son was so excited to see all the resources. Uh, so he was well into it, not knowing what that meant for what happens next. And mm-hmm. so she said goodbye to him and she walked out. And then she started hearing him screaming uh, mm-hmm. for her. And she, she said, oh, I should go back. And the teacher encouraged her to not go back and to stay out. And it, it ended up being quite a traumatic experience because um, instead of listening to her gut, she was listening to what she thought were experts in Montessori and uh, she thought maybe she's just being overly protective or anxious about the situation. Um, but after two days, she talked to me about it and I said that that doesn't sound like Montessori to me. I was just wondering with your many years of experience in Montessori, what could, what are the signs or, or how can we help parents know whether this center is really in line with what Montessori was wanting in terms of relationship and, and for, for the children in the care? Well, the, um, what you're describing is, you know, there's key points there with the, the instinct of the parent, uh, which is so valuable. Um, Montessori for me is really, a, a, again, a practice of living life. And it's the, the children are living their lives. That's what they're doing. I'm not making that a small thing. That's an enormous, ex- expansive uh, experience that they are in. And we as adults are guests to that experience. We are guests. And that was clearly explained by Maria Montessori over and over again, to look to the child, to see the child, and as well as the opportunities that are brought to see ourselves and the inner work that we we should be doing if we are on a path of learning, whatever the model is, And so I would say that 
I do understand what you're talking about because I have seen that. Um, for me, it's a reflection on where the, there's not a merging between the, the work that we do as adults in Montessori or whatever it is that we're doing and also our interactions with the child and with the family, which are based on respect and are based on um, acceptance and are based on welcoming, which we can do, which we can do and have clarity around what our framework is in the environment, if that makes sense. So, mm. you know, some of the things you're talking about is the reason I started Ananda Montessori. Um, you know, it's my mentor uh, from in 1981. He would, I've never been to this place, but I will speak that places I have been to that sound similar. He would call those Monta something. Monta something. It's a Monta something. Mm. Uh, for me, it's, you know, I always had an open door. The, the parents were always welcome. They were always coming and going. And now they're there all the time. You know, just, they're just there. I've, I've created the space and there may be moments where I meet in myself with them where I kind of wish that, because I'm meeting something in myself, you know, that's the learning. But the, the, the thing that I will add too is we have to be working with the parents early on to prepare them through their process of Montessori, which is, it is unique to them. I'm a Montessori parent. I'm a Montessori grandparent now. My grandson's in Adananda. He's just with him this morning. Um, but I, I entered into a process that as did my husband, an initiation into our processes as Montessori parents, as Montessorians. And if we don't have the, that appreciation of the parents' experience, then that's when the things you're talking about happen because there becomes a division and there becomes a, um, it's at many levels because Montessori, it's not something that when the door, when you walk out the door, you aren't living it because it's something inside of us. And it's, it's a very um, disrespectful thing to close the door on another in the way that you're talking about. Because we're not just closing a physical door, we're closing a door in ourselves to have relationships. 
that's more of the, the cost of it. And it has ramifications. I mean, it's many layered, but um, for me, it comes down to perhaps that person not having willingness at that time to take the time to uh, be in process or support of that parent. So, you know, it's, um, <clears throat> I, I will add that even at Ananda, the parents understand and they value this deeply that because we are guests in the house of the child, uh, the central focus for me is the child. The parent, I work in a balance. I work with them as deeply as I do with the children. Yet the child is the focus. And there may be times that I bring guidance to a to parents, well, there always are times that I bring guidance to the parents or the caregivers to help them to uh, reflect and bring some understanding on their own work. Those are the other levels that I would say in what you're describing aren't possible to happen. So, I, I don't know if that's helpful, but it's, it's, um, so what you're saying have, is you can have places. Yeah. Go ahead. So what you're saying is that no. in a, in a real Montessori house, uh, the teachers there are, are there living, a real Montessori guide will be a living representation of respectful relationships and energy so doesn't matter if it's within the daycare center whether they are at the supermarket or at home they are always living that that respectful interaction with other humans is that what i'm understanding and so for them to shut out this or, or to disconnect with the mm. parents saying you need to leave uh, is not really true, truly living the Montessori way? Well, I don't think there's any Montessori way. I think that there's, a, there's an idealized um, understanding of that. And because to me, it comes down to the deep work of life, you know, the, the, the messiness of life the um it's not all the the it's not good or bad it's where i think of it is how i meet myself when i meet another in in those kinds of ways um which can be having feelings that are uncomfortable it can be in having feelings that are um, from our own history rise up. All of those things to me are the practice of Montessori. Mm. So it's respect is, is part of that, 
even though it might be feelings or um, reflections that we're seeing in ourselves that are uncomfortable. That can be respectful, even though it's not um, the, maybe the, the true definition of respect. But what you what you're saying, I feel is is true. If we are if we are disregarding another, if we are if we're disregarding another, we've disregarded ourselves first. Mm. So that when you first told me what happened, that was the first thing that came to my mind. That person disregarded his or herself first, and then things happen. And then things happen. So the, um, you know, that I always feel like uh, working with children and families, whether I'm at birth or I'm in the classroom, is such a humbling experience. Because just when I think I know something, it will be reflected back to me how little I know and how, you know, arrogant or whatever, whatever it is that I'm needing to uh, learn is, yeah. is there. It's a never-ending learning journey. It's never-ending. And that to me is uh, Montessori as well. And this, this is just me and my, um, my, understanding of this practice which I feel Montessori is a practice mm. because I I would feel um, whatever I was drawn to that felt true and felt um, genuine and felt honest and that would bring me discovery that would the same thing. Now, Maria, in Montessori, we have, um, I, I, I never use the word rules. I just don't find that helpful. But with the children and with parents, uh, I talk about agreements or we're living together in community. And we discuss how to be together. And from, for Maria Montessori, she spoke that we, we care for ourselves, we care for others, and we care for the environment. Mm. And, and there's, there's freedom within that, and there's limits within that. So that there's, that's how respect evolves. Respect to me is a living, um, it's not a stagnant thing, it's fluid. You know, when you were talking about energy, respect, respect has an energy. Yeah. How can you help um, our audience, families and nannies? And what's, what's some advice or some mm -hmm. wise mm -hmm. words that you can share with us today? Um, well, especially if you are someone who's working who's supporting a family very early in life. So very, very young, uh, just birthing, 
family with a newborn, whether it's one child or there are siblings, to have understanding of the importance of um, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual, and all the levels of care that are um, needed, I feel, at that time. Yeah. And that we, we can be present in a way that is not, I mean, you know this, we can be present in a way that is supportive, but is not in the way. And that be, have that sensitivity, especially early on with that, um, the nesting time or the, the baby moon time. Uh, in midwifery, we would call it that the first 40 days or the first six to eight weeks. In Montessori, it's a symbiotic period that that is a, a sacred time. So learning how to be supportive um, and, and having knowledge about whatever way the mother is feeding the baby, having knowledge about that, um, giving, it's, it's, sim it's not the same as with the child, but giving as, as much and as little help as is needed because we want them to be, it's a, they're in a collaborative process together. And for the co-parent as well, they're in collaboration during that time, learning about each other and healing and recovering and adapting and transitioning. So, I would say learning what you can about that is very helpful. And then the ways that you can be supportive while also really respecting th that um, nest that the family is in. Yeah. And then uh, for the older children or, or children that you're with, if there's a certain um, philosophy that the family is following, that you learn about that. Uh, biggest thing to me over everything that I know is observation. Mm. So learning about observation and entering into that practice is essential no matter who, you, who you're with. Mm. And why is that? Um, because it tells us, well, we, we, we observe to see what's happening and we observe, that's the external, we observe inside of us as the inner observer as we are coming into contact with our feelings, our thoughts, our beliefs, our assumptions, our own history, our impulses, all of those things that are, are ours that impact the relationship with the child. Mm. 
mm. and can get in, we can be the, um, the biggest obstacle to the child. And so observation, at least for me, gives me um, information in a living sense of the ways that I might be that obstacle. And it also gives me a way of seeing, and for a family, this would be, you know, when I'm working with the, the parents, I'm observing the adult in the same way. So you can observe another, and there, there's a way that sometimes we'll have tunnel vision, especially if something is being awakened in us from our own stuff. And so we'll, we'll tunnel vision or focus on one part of someone and miss the fullness of who they are. Mm. And observation is, to me, it's a, a meditation. It's an overnight meditation. And it can help us to, um, it's not passive but it can help us to really see another person. And then to be able to have a, a deeper understanding of what is the difference between the, the wants of a child, for example, and the needs of the child. To have a deeper understanding of what is behind, what is, what is beneath, what is being expressed what truly is being said so that we can then um, serve in different ways. And it helps to, to view as much as we can from the child's perspective. So there, there are many things, but the other, the other point I would make is if we're with children to think, you know, my mentor, early on, he would, I didn't understand this the first time he said it, and then I got it. I still say it. But if there's adults standing, and there's children, that the children can only be as tall as they are. We can bring ourselves down to their level. And he would say there are too many trees in this room. Which is pretty profound. Yeah. You know, he, he was a, I, he, I value him so deeply. So to bring ourselves to the level of the child and to have our palm open, I mean, there's so many things. To, to watch the way we approach the child, to watch the way we speak, to understand that we are modeling for these new beings who are looking to us to learn about the world. All, all of those things um, would be of, of value. And, and the other is to really find ways for a person to find ways to have self-care and to care for themselves especially if they're in the role that you're talking about. I mean, I, I can only, I've not done, a, I mean, I, in verse I attend, I'm there and 
afterward postpartum, but not in the way that uh, you're speaking of. And I would imagine that having ways for self-care are extremely important. Mm. So you don't lose yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This has been really thought-provoking for me and I think for our audience as well. Thank you so much for sharing this. You're very welcome. It was, it was a joy to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if our audience want to contact you further to find out more, more information, how can they do that? Uh, they can. Um, so if they want to get a hold of me, they can email me. And it's uh, Pamela Green and then T as in Tom. 30 at gmail.com. Great. That's our, our, we have a chart and sailboat 30 foot. So that's, oh, yeah. that's fun. Um, and then if they, there's, if they go to, uh, it's Pamela Green dot podia, P O D I A dot com. That's one of my learning platforms where it talks about any courses that I do in consulting and those kinds of things. And then anandamontessori.com is the website that I have for um, Ananda and those, those sorts of things. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. <laughs> And yes. uh, yeah, have a great day. I will. I, I, it's the evening here, and uh, oh yes, it it, it is. I'm, I may go out. I I walked earlier, but I think I'll go out and walk a little bit more, and and then um, have my evening. You have a good day. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. Bye.